no matter what you're doing, being prepared to do it is important. Whether you're you know, giving a presentation or getting ready to take a test or you're ready to have a party full of a household of people, whatever you're doing, it's important to be prepared for it. Not being prepared is something that gives me great stress and anxiety. So much so that I used to have nightmares about it. Uh, before I started preaching, I, I had a somewhat regularly occurring nightmare. And it went like this. So Anna and I were worshiping at our church in St. Louis. Just as worshipers, I had no role in the service. And uh, the pastor would, uh, the, at the time of the sermon, the pastor would say, all right, Josh, go ahead. And all eyes would look at me. In my dream again, I would stand up and I would go, uh, 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 uh. I, I didn't know what to say because I didn't know I was supposed to be preaching. And therefore, I wasn't prepared for it. My chest still tightens a little bit when I think about that. I had that dream a lot. So I'm glad to be past those days. You better believe that when I did start preaching and still to today, I make sure I'm prepared. No matter what the circumstances are, you need to be prepared for them. And in order to be prepared, you need to know what's coming. As we've been talking about uh, in recent weeks, during the month of December, we as a congregation are going through the Gospel of Luke, reading it one chapter a day, you know, we all are familiar with Luke 2, the, the story of the nativity. You know, we, many of us have been ingrained in our minds as a kid. But what was that baby born for? Today we're beginning a, a series called Born for What? Where we're ultimately going to be looking at Jesus and what he was born for. And our weekly sermons are going to go hand in hand with our readings from the week. To kick off the series, we're going to be looking at the one who came before Jesus, his cousin, John the Baptist, and the one who was to prepare the way for Jesus. I want to read a passage from Luke 1. This was our reading for uh, Friday, and this is where uh, John's birth is foretold. Now, the context is uh, Zechariah, his father, was in the temple of the Lord. Picking up with verse 11, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be, uh, he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many people of, the, of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So from the moment that his parents knew of his existence, they knew what his purpose was. They knew what he was born for. God, through the angel, prepared John so that John could prepare the way for Jesus. John was given instructions not only about what he was supposed to do, but how he was supposed to live. And his purpose was realized later in life as we had our reading from John 3. John was preaching 
a baptism of repentance. Now, before we dive into kind of what went on in that text, this is one of those cases where it's, it's helpful to have context. Because at this point in Israel's history, it has been about 400 years where they have not heard from God, where they've effectively been cut off from God. They had time and time and time and time and time again worshipped other gods and not followed Yahweh. And so God, he removed himself from their presence. And they didn't hear from him through, uh, through prophets for those 400 years. And so when John comes on the scene, his goal is to prepare them, to prepare them for God returning. They were so entrenched in sin that God would not be around him. That's why they didn't hear from God. So John preaches repentance, turning from sin towards God. But many of the people, they came just wanting to have the baptism external without having repentance or the fruit of repentance, which is internal. And that's why John calls them a brood of vipers. It seems kind of harsh, but that's why. And I think part of it is the Israelites had grown so accustomed to the rituals, ritual purification, uh, ritual sacrifice, all these external things that they hadn't focused on what really matters, the inward cleanliness before God. They came to John wanting to be baptized, but to them this is just another external thing, another thing that's going to help them be clean before God. John basically tells them, look, this, this baptism, it doesn't matter if it's not going to affect your heart, right? It's the heart that matters. If you get baptized, but you're continuing to do the same sin, it doesn't matter. Your heart needs to turn from the sin towards God. They weren't prepared for the coming of God. Another way to think about it, if a king is coming to a city, you know, back then, it's not enough to just have the outside looking nice, right? If a king is coming to the city, you need to have the inside ready for the king too. John was preparing them for God's return. After 400 years of him not associating with them, not only is God returning, but he is coming in the flesh. So to avoid what's happened throughout Israel's history, their hearts need to change. And he goes on to give some examples of what this change looks like. And, it, and it's summed up by uh, the examples that he gives are, are summed up in love and how they treat others. After he had called out their sin and called their hearts to change, he gives them the goods. He gives them the good news, the best news that they could hear, that God, their Messiah, is coming but before they could hear that news, they needed to be prepared. They needed to be prepared. That was John's purpose. That was what John was born for. And that's not to say that that's all that God used John for, but preparing the hearts of the Israelites for the coming Messiah was what John was born for. So are we reading this today supposed to take note and, and try to impersonate John? John was a crazy person. That's how many people viewed him. You know, long hair that he didn't cut, lived in the wilderness, ate bugs and wild honey, calling people brood of vipers. Anybody want to sign up for that? 
No, but also yes. John had a very specific and prophetic role that God had preordained. He was born to prepare the hearts of Israelites for the coming of Jesus. And he knew so because that message came directly from God via an angel. So, unless you have heard directly from God or an angel, you're off the hook. But we also do prepare people's hearts for the coming of the king. We just do it in a different way. John's job was a prophet. John was told, you know, this is how you're supposed to live. That's not us. Our job is not a prophet. That's not our career. But as Christians, we do have a similar calling to John to prepare the hearts of people. And we do that in part by doing what John talked about, by bearing the fruit of repentance, the fruit of the Spirit. I know I say this next part a lot, but I say it because it's true. How we live, it, it actually matters, right? How we live, living with a, a, a heart that is changed by the loving and transformative work of Jesus, a lot of times that sets the groundwork for people getting to know Jesus. Many people either don't know or don't believe about the coming of Jesus, whether his first or his second coming. God uses us in part to prepare them. Now, we know that God can work with or without us. He doesn't need us. God works through his word, which is all-powerful, but, but we get to be a part of this joyous work. So, so do we live like there is more to, than life on this earth? Because people who don't know that Jesus is coming, they look around and they think all that they can see is all that there is. But does the promise of our eternal salvation, does it have an effect here and now? Do we let the, the joy of our salvation spill over into every aspect of our lives? Are we, in our daily life, showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our salvation shouldn't be just an eternity thing. It should be a here and now thing too. Getting back to John's message, it's not just about the external. It's not just about calling ourselves Christians. It's about living a changed life. It's about showing that Jesus is real by how we live Listen to Paul in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared good works for us to do. And these good works are not huge things like going to a different country to, do, to go on a mission trip. It's not volunteering every single Saturday at a, a food bank. Those are great things, but Faith-filled works, whether big or small, are the good works which God has prepared for us to do. God has prepared those works for you to do, and he uses them to help prepare others to get to know Jesus. God has prepared you so that you can help prepare others. And I know that that seems kind of like a big responsibility. And, and truthfully, it, it kind of is. 
But let me just say, have any of you seen Jesus walking around recently? Jesus isn't walking around in his body like he was 2,000 years ago. Instead, he chooses to work through his body, the church, right? God chooses to work through you and me. What a joyous responsibility that is. Jesus uses us to prepare people's hearts. The truth is, is they often will see Jesus in and through you and me before they get to know him through his word. Unlike my, my dream about giving a sermon that I didn't know about, we do know. God has prepared good works for us, ways to show love to others. So as we show the love of Jesus in our life, God is working through that. Now, you might not always see the direct result, but make no mistake, God absolutely is working. God even works to give us opportunities to get to share the gospel with people. Let us live prepared for the coming of our King. Amen. Lord God, we thank you that you came humbled as a baby to, to be born and to die for us. We thank you that, that through your work, through your word, you have prepared us not only to, to know about our coming king, but also to help prepare others. God, be with the part of us that feels overwhelmed by that. Help us to be encouraged to know that you're the one doing the work. But help us to be thankful and, and act upon the opportunity that we get to partake in this growing of your kingdom, this preparing people for the coming of our King Jesus. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.